0: Well, hello there, humans. Fancy bumping into you here, in your ears of all places. This is My Game Fiction Addiction, the podcast where we discuss and obsess over the best storylines in video games. Each episode, me and my guests will dive headfirst into one of gaming's greatest plotlines, talking about characters, dialogue, narrative direction, and the rubbish decisions we made along the way. Last time, we tackled apocalyptic epic The Last of Us, and you, you lovely lot, loved it so much that we've decided to ride this train to the end of the line, and make our way through the rest of the series in order. So this episode, we're exploring The Last of Us Left Behind, a downloadable expansion to the main game's narrative that unveils a part of the origin story of everyone's favourite badass, Ellie. It was released in 2014 and praised in similar vein to its predecessor. Amazing narrative design, characterisation and dialogue. But Left Behind did something even more exceptional. It created what many called a breakthrough moment for video games thanks to its depiction of LGBT characters, putting a same-sex couple into the spotlight, something that was virtually non-existent in the history of video games up until that point. Yes, bloody yes! Joining me today is Absolute Radio video producer and the love of me life, Leo Bailey, who starts this chat by cracking and clicking his joints like a weird human action figure, so heads up for that. Before we kick off this episode, I'd just like to get sappy with you for like one minute, if that's okay. Just wanted to thank you. Yeah, you, you know who you are. We've only just begun. We're a small podcast with no financial backing. And in the last few months, we've had just shy of 500 downloads, had some amazing feedback from fans, amassed over 30 Apple podcast reviews, and gotten some great suggestions for new games to cover on Instagram and Twitter. I'm just a girl with big dreams, a lot of games consoles, and a stupid amount of stuffed seals. And although it's a lot of work, you guys welcoming us so warmly and telling me how much you've enjoyed the small amount of episodes we have so far is just amazing. It means the absolute world. Thank you. We're working on new ways to integrate you and your favourite game stories into upcoming content. So watch this space. That's it. Enjoy the episode, guys. Get those knuckle clicks out of the way early. Yeah. Oh, it really freaks me out that you do that.
1: I'll do my neck in a minute if you want.
0: Uh, go on, do it. Oh, that's absolutely vile! What is wrong with you? Stop it, you weird Lego man! You need to go to a physio. Someone in their early
1: thirties should not do that.
0: I mean, to be fair, I can I can turn my hand 360 degrees around, which it shouldn't be something that any human being can do. (laughs) But I watched a magic show as a kid, and a magician did it with a fake hand, Mm. and I was like, I can do that, mummy. And my mum was obviously like, Oh crap, we're going to A and (laughs) E. And it just went round, and I've got a funny feeling I'm probably double jointed (laughs) or a freak. Maybe the latter. Maybe both. Maybe both. So, we're here, baby boy, mm-hmm. um, on our second Last of Us episode. We've done the main game.
1: Squeezing every last Squeeze drop. Squeezing
0: every last drop. This is a side story. This is a morsel. One of the main reasons that we're doing the DLC, the uh, spin-off, The Left Behind Now, is kind of to try and bridge the gap, not only for listeners, but also for ourselves too, because we're going to be then doing The Last of Us 2 in our next episode.
1: Yeah. It's I'm... so
0: rare that you finish the game before me. <laughs> I'm like, come so on. so rare.
1: I'm like, please just start it just stuff. i
0: have things to do i get busy do you know what i was doing this week anally probing people not in real life on destroy all humans okay for an ign video thank you for clarif- not for pleasure
1: <laughs> i mean well Rame- thank you for clarifying but <laughs> you look like you're enjoying it to me
0: well i mean i text you so much about anal probes this week so <laughs> i've never written the word. now uh, my iphone autocorrects words <laughs> to anal <laughs> 'cause I've written the damn thing so many times. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to do Left Behind. It's short and it's sweet. You can finish the whole thing really in like a couple of hours I'd say. Maybe mm-hmm. like maybe three hours.
1: I was slightly disappointed when I first played it because I was really hoping for for more. Now that I know there's not so much riding on. Uh, the duration it was a a really enjoyable experience to go back and uh, revisit it definitely especially after playing part two yes of course seeing quite how far the graphics and i think i said to you i kept going the lighting though because i remember (laughs) that the uh the the carousel carousel, and how incredible that looked back in 2014 and now you look at it and you're like yeah it's all right but yeah. at the time, I, I thought it was mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, the textures are a bit funny, aren't they? And even just the way that characters move and behave, the character models. Like, there was a moment when we played where Riley kind of, like, ran ahead for a little bit and then sort of, like, turned around awkwardly and yeah. then, like, backed up like <laughs> Michael Jackson and then turned back around and carried on running. And I think the idea was that she was meant to be turning around to see if Ellie was following her, but it looks super clunky in comparison to like the seamless mocap performances of The Last of Us Two.
1: Yeah, the the AI partnerships have got so much better in Part Two.
0: So, seeing as the whole of Left Behind takes place in a shopping mall, pretty much in both timelines, if the apocalypse, if the um, Cordyceps virus struck tomorrow, mm-hmm. where would you? What shop would you head for to loot?
1: Oh, I can only choose one shop. Yeah, you'd you'd as you say, if if I'm only allowed one store. You'd want a, a, a multi-purpose store. Maybe a Selfridges would be nice.
0: Selfridges would be good. And there's yeah. also... Um,
1: Upmarket up looting.
0: Bougie bougie looting.
1: Could do the apocalypse in style.
0: Yes. And also most Selfridges, because they're big department stores, have got lots of levels. Mm. So you could do lots of hiding. And if you had to get away, you could go on an escalator. And I can't imagine that a stumbling infected <laughs> would be any good on an escalator. Yeah. So...
1: I could also get one of those Dyson bladeless hair dryers that cost like 600 quid.
0: Still thinking about your vanity.
1: Oh my god! You gotta look good in the apocalypse. I mean, every, anybody that you run into who's still alive is going to be a suitor.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Presuming that I have no survival. Skills. Oh, you
1: you would be first. You'd be you'd be gone first. Are you
0: kidding me? Just yeah. because I can't change a tire.
1: What you'd do is you'd start talking to them.
0: Yeah, probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Let me love you. They'd be running from me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What store would you loot then?
0: B and Q. 100%. What are you Think gonna do? of Go- the weapons.
1: I do so much of my shopping on Amazon now. I've yeah. hardly stepped foot in a real shop for the last two years.
0: <laughs> and your answer with Selfridges, <laughs> you're so far removed, you <laughs> middle-class prick.
1: <laughs> you can take the boy out of Birmingham, but you can't take the Birmingham out of the boy. I just, I like convenience.
0: You do like convenience. I like convenience. But I like
1: convenience, so I do.
0: The best place to haul up during an apocalypse is a garden centre. Hear me out, because, okay. right... Because you've got wilderness, you've got vegetation, you can kind of make it look like you're outside. You know, you've probably got one of those koi carp ponds that you can let the fish suck your finger in. One of those. What's
1: that useful for?
0: Well, just nice, isn't it? You know, it makes you feel calm. You know, koi carp are very calming. Very And you, can eat, them. you can eat them. And you can eat them. I suppose. You've got weapons because you've got, you know, a home-based style area of gardening tools. So you've got your shears, you've got your forks, you've got your all sorts of stuff.
1: Are you going to prune them?
0: Yeah, get rid of their mushrooms. And then finally, you've got an assortment of posh jam, probably. So that's your sugar In it. (laughs) How is this a bad idea? (laughs) Right, next bit then. You ready? Mm. Baby boy, would you like to press the spoiler alarm? Yes. Yeah, boy! SUH so, SUH so, SUH so, SPOILER ALERT! If you don't want plot details get out of here cause we dish in the dirt We are about to blurt so if you ain't played it yet spare your poor ears and no one gets hurt We know you'd be pissed if you are in the midst of a really great game and we told you the twist Or told you who died and how much we cried But feel kinda of bad for derailing your ride We've been there before and it is a shit out when some total n*** m- post the ending on Twitter So back away now and you won't get scorned cause spoilers are coming and you have been warned So there are two timelines going on in Left Behind. The first takes place just after Joel gets turned into a human kebab in the first game, falling onto a rusty, horrible spike that leaves a gnarly hole in his belly, where Ellie is having to nurse him back to health during winter. Uh, It's before creepy douchebag David and all that happens. The second timeline is way before Ellie met Joel and before she gets bitten, back when she's at military school and it follows Ellie and her best mate Riley bunking off to explore an abandoned shopping mall. Starts off with our girl Ellie asleep, Riley comes in and pounces on her. Ah! (laughs) Riley? Ow. I I landed on my hip. What the hell? I thought I was bitten. I know, it was kind of awesome there is a lot of tension. Riley's come back, hasn't she, from being gone for like, I think she says 45 days, yeah. she's been counting. During that intro scene where Riley is uh, introducing herself again and kind of being like, oh, hey, I'm back. You know, how what have you been up to? Mm. Ellie holds the knife for like an insane amount of time. Like she's realised it's her friend at that point because obviously Riley jumps on her, tries to scare her, pretends to bite her, but she's still holding the knife. And yeah. even Riley makes a point like, are you going to kill me?
1: Yeah, you can put the like, knife down. Put the there. knife
0: down there. How many best mates do you have a chat with with a knife in your hand? Are we
1: cool? Are we cool? I disappeared and you're mad. And I owe you an explanation.
0: Let's get out of here and I'll tell you all about it. Obviously, it's the first time we've met Riley. I really didn't like her and I'll try and illustrate that. No, I don't. I still don't know if I like her. I'm gonna try and illustrate it as well as I can. There's just something about the way she talks to Ellie. She is manipulative. I kind of feel like she knows that Ellie has feelings for her, has affection for her, and a lot of the time you see her kind of treating Ellie a bit like a lap dog. She's not very sensitive towards Ellie's feelings and I'll illustrate it as I come along. Put some
1: pants on and let's go.
0: We'll get to it in the costume scene, but where she's like, raw Ellie, raw. Like she makes her do stuff mm. and she's quite demanding and makes Ellie go along with it. She's a little bit older. Maybe that comes from that.
1: And she has l- sort of escaped the military school environment to find the Firefly, yeah. which is like, a, you know, you could be sentenced to death for that in, in this environment. So I think in mm. in a way, she kind of feels like she's above Yes. ellie in that regard
0: yeah it's kind of like the cool kid who's gone to college and you're still at primary yeah. school and she's like "Ugh, you're still in military school i'm like totally a firefly now i've got like a medallion and everything dingle 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 so after this introduction riley tells ellie uh, to follow her she'll explain the whole thing she'll let her know what she's been up to so they scamper off to have a massive catch up and we jump ahead in time again to when ellie has dragged an incapacitated joel into a froyo or ice cream place to try and patch up his wounds she only finds some tape, so she ends up using her shirt to cover the wound. It's pretty grim. Do you remember when he rolls over and you see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like he's got another belly button. He's it's, it's, literally been ripped a new one. It's disgusting. Isn't oh, it? It's grim. And now she's going to have to try and search them all for medical supplies. I'll find something to stitch you up, okay? I'll be back in a flash. Promise. So this is that really tense bit where you're looking for medical supplies for Joel. So you go through the shopping mall and you find a pharmacy and you think, yes, bingo, brilliant. But it's obviously been looted to shit. Like, yeah. there's nothing in there. It's not going
1: to be that simple, is it? No. It's, it's the, the last of us.
0: Exactly, yeah. This is, like, balls deep into the into the apocalypse <laughs> at this point. Like, everything has been picked clean, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Apart from the nail varnish selection.
0: There's an amazing nail varnish selection. <laughs> Can you imagine if she, uh, she... We were actually thinking about this when we were playing. We were like, oh, imagine if she just goes back to Joel with the only thing she could find. <laughs> and it's loads of nail polish. Joel's lying there bleeding to death with an amazing manicure. <laughs> There's also uh, I noticed as well in the pharmacy she's looking for meds like painkillers you know bandages stuff like that. The only thing that seems to have been left behind in the apocalypse is hair. There's loads of hair dryers, Babyliss three thousand cordless pro whatever. There's there's straighteners in there. There's loads of hair care stuff. You'd be I'd, fine. I'd, yeah, I'd be loving. I'd You'd be, be setting up I'd shop.
1: Be, yeah, if if <laughs> if you were injured, I'd be like, it's all right, Amy. We're 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 set. I could like quarterize you with some hair straighteners or something like that.
0: Yeah. Joel, Joel, I've got a hairdryer. We're saved. (laughs) It's that proper tense. You're creeping around, you're, you're just Ellie. There's no Joel to protect you. There's no NPC around you. You feel really vulnerable. And you know, when you see that guy, he's like all mushroomed against the wall and Uh, you go to get the key and the game does the classic teaser of a jump scare. Oh man, don't come to life, don't come to life, (sighs) nothing. It's almost like fourth wall breaking because Ellie kind of goes, I know you're going to jump at me. Yeah. I know and you're going to you know jump well, at me. you as well, don't you? You're, yeah. there, you're
1: waiting for him to just try to and grab grab you. her.
0: But he doesn't, does he? Just falls. Fucked with me game. One thing that you mentioned actually about this early bit when you're playing as Ellie in the sort of future timeline, mm-hmm. we'll call it the, the present timeline, um, is that you mentioned to me that it's, it feels a lot like a Resident Evil game.
1: Yeah, it has that and feel to it. It
0: does because it's very much power this generator. Find this key. Uh, yeah, it's it's very almost conventional survival horror in that every time it, you get to, to like a new objective, someone moves the goalposts.
1: It gets a bit fetch questy. Not,
0: not majorly, but just like everything's an obstacle, you know? You get to that medical kit, don't you? You, sw- yeah. you fling it open, there's nothing in there. Brilliant.
1: You could almost guess what was going to happen mm. before it happened because you knew nothing was going to be straightforward.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Having the second timeline that breaks it up uh, is really is a really good thing.
0: So we're back to Ellie and Riley again. They're breaking out of military school to have their epic catch-up, and Riley gives us the lowdown on how she's living her Firefly best life. So, how did you find them? The Fireflies? Yeah. <laughs> remember that Firefly you bit and stole his gun?
1: Yeah, I remember him. That's Trevor. I saw him walking down the street, so I tailed his ass. We, we touched on this in the, the last episode. Mm. I actually forgot how violent Ellie was in the Left Behind uh, DLC. For some reason, my mind had just blanked it out. And I was like, oh my God, she was a badass from day one.
0: Absolutely. You made a great point in the last episode. I don't know how many listeners agreed or disagreed, but you said about Ellie always having that killer instinct inside her. And I felt more like it might have come from Joel Hmm. or maybe been ignited by Joel. And actually watching Left Behind and seeing her origins, I'm like... Yeah, nah, she, she was a killer. She's always been, she's had that ability, whether or not that came from the environment that she's been raised in. It's a product of her time. I mean, if
1: she was, by the sounds of it, she's been raised in a military school and mm. was born after the apocalypse.
0: So what are you going to do? We,
1: we, we worry about the youth of today, but if, if they become like, <laughs> if we have an apocalypse and everyone comes like Ellie, then you worry. Can
0: you imagine all the TikTok wankers trying to defend <laughs> themselves in a military school? God, Generation Z would be screwed. So we get a lot more background on the military here than we did in the previous Last of Us game because obviously Ellie and Riley are enrolled in this like military school for kids and it's all kind of led by Fedra and we see it on a tent as you go through the next section. Um, They talk about their buddy Winston. We'll get to him. Uh, Fedra is the Federal Disaster Response Agency. Fancy Mm. that on your CV. That looked good, Mm. didn't it? So Winston, because I actually was intrigued by this because I remember the name. I'm sure it came up in the first game. Winston is a friend of Riley's, you know, they talk about how he dies. I can't believe Winston's gone. You heard? Yeah. Do you know how it happened? They said he just fell off his horse, heart attack or something. Man. Well, how many people get to die of natural causes in this world? None that I know of. Exactly. So a lot of Riley and Winston's kind of backstory is actually uh, mentioned in a four-part comic series called American Dreams, also written by Neil Druckmann. We should probably talk about it at some point. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But that goes into a lot of detail about Riley's backstory. For example, I never knew that Riley, um, her mother, I can't remember if it was her mother or her, her father, one of her parents is infected and rips the other one apart in front of her Ooh. and she has to shoot them. So that's pretty harrowing. No, I didn't know so that. it's no wonder that Riley's so like, you know, headstrong. Um, and Winston is a friend of Riley's who also works in also is in the military. He's enrolled, he's a soldier. He is uh, the one who lets Ellie ride a horse, you know, in The Last of Us. She's like uh, I think it's Tommy's wife says, "Have you ridden a horse before?" And Ellie's kind of like, "Actually, I, I kind of have. You know, I did learn to ride a horse. Hmm. Um, it's because of that guy Winston. Oh. He, in exchange for a bottle of whiskey, don't you know, lets Ellie have a little go on his horse." Wow. Not in a weird way. That sounds way better <laughs> in my head. Um, you you've
1: you've completely outgeeked me there. I know.
0: I know. Well, I just I, be, I was going, you know, quite deep into American Dreams, the um the comic series and I, I Neil Druckmann in my opinion is a narrative genius, so I can't squeeze enough of his brain out of anything. They have a drink to Winston and then they kind of go off on a bit of an explore of the mall as kids do, you know. What are they like? Mm-hmm. And this is where we get to the Halloween store.
1: Yeah, the Halloween store is great, isn't it? Trying on all the the Halloween masks. I'm trying to remember the the Halloween. There was the witch. There's a
0: there's a witch, a werewolf. A
1: werewolf. Um,
0: I think because Riley obviously has some as well. A clown. You, a clown. Don't you put on a pigeon with a backwards cap? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that.
1: That was yeah. awesome.
0: What do you think? <laughs> Adorable. Why? Thank you, kind pigeon.
1: <laughs> and the other one that I didn't remember until we replayed it was mm. the the eight ball. Ah where oh, yes, she's yes. she reads what it says there's a great moment where ellie reads the plaque on the wall mm. and then shakes the eight ball asks it, asks it a question and then it's just like nothing's happening
0: <laughs> ask skelecier a question and shake for your fortune okay are we gonna die today nothing what a jip you gotta turn it over genius you forget these little over. things, don't you, that yeah. Ellie's never been privy to. Part of the reason that I loved this scene was that I felt it was similar to the giraffes in that it allows you to have fun for a minute. Yeah. Um, something that you beautifully, eloquently put in the last episode. Tried did to. It- Well, you did. No, you nailed it. It, It's the brief um, calm before the storm. And I think what's great about this is that this conventional depiction of horror, so these conventionally scary things like clowns and skeletons and vampires, are paradoxical given the world that these girls are living in. Like, the real horror is out there. A nice way of showing how absurd and funny horror is when the horror uh, the real brutal and menacing horror is the world that they're out there in they're actually taking solace in something that's meant to be unsettling and And creepy and frightening yeah
1: there's that great line where Ellie basically says to Riley doesn't she she's, she's there going like people bought this
0: stuff yeah it goes back to the first game where she's like boys skirts dresses is this all they really had to worry about that bit where she makes her roar like yeah. I, I get that it's meant to be kind of like an empowering thing maybe but i also feel like i felt like,
1: like you're just taking the piss yeah, wasn't she and I, ellie knows it
0: ellie knows it but i also feel like there's a bit of like to me that's almost like a slight bullying thing like she's not actually bullying her but I think Druckmann's really clever there with the way that he makes that power dynamic like she's literally like dance for me monkey and Ellie does it yeah. begrudgingly but she but does But she's it.
1: just like rawr.
0: Rawr. Now roar. <sighs> roar, Ellie. Really? Fucking roar. Roar! <laughs> there she is! <laughs> So they have a tender moment. Riley says she doesn't mean all the horrible things that she said before she left Ellie. We never really know exactly what she says, but Ellie kind of touches upon it later as she just sort of tells her to fuck off, basically. After this quite long section, we obviously cut back to Ellie in the present slash future, who is still trying to find medical aid for Joel. So she's seen a helicopter. She needs to find a way to get to it. And we get a lot of puzzle solving, avoiding clickers, more sort of Resident Evil style gameplay... There's the scene with the electrified water, you know, where she has to kind of like make her way across the trucks in that depot found that little bit, a little bit tedious, but we've been watching quite a lot of Flora's Lava on Netflix. So we nailed (laughs) that, didn't we?
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's that bit where the uh, the live wire falls in the water. Yes. Because you're you you. Uh, I think in our hungover state, we didn't deal with the zombies very well. We weren't quite as quick. weren't quite as quick on the mark on the headshots.
0: I'll also I'll defend myself here. Not only was I hungover, with a face gonna, full of chicken. You're gonna
1: blame lag, aren't you? I'm
0: not gonna blame lag. We might have streamed it on PS Now, but you know, as the PS Now gods were kind to us. What I will say is that I haven't played obviously playing The Last of Us Two uh, now going forward, but. I haven't played a Last of Us game since um, because we rewatched it, didn't we, to do the last episode. So I haven't actually picked up The Last of Us to play it Mm -hmm. in a while. And why the balls are the bumpers, like R1 and L1, why are they shoot? Yeah. Why are they shoot? I was there for ages. Like the triggers are shoot. They are shoot in every single game, and that really baffled me for a while. I got used to it, but that I'm gonna blame that. Yeah, that's my excuse.
1: They've they've definitely updated the controls in the new one.
0: This was also the bit where we looked in Ellie's backpack. Do you remember? Because we're. Um... We're nosy little fuckers, and we decided to open the inventory oh, yeah. and have a little peep at her stuff because yes. she's obviously got the photo of Joel and Sarah at this point. She's mm-hmm. got um, she's got Riley's medallion, her firefly yeah. medallion. So that's kind of a clue as to how that's going to end. Obviously, you know that anyway. Um, she's got
1: a note from her mum, hasn't she? Yes. Which I don't think I found the first time I played that game. Because you weren't
0: playing it with me, Nosy Parker. Her mum's name is Anna. I never knew that. The letter from Ellie's mum is all about how she kind of trusted Marlene with her life riley because riley's had more to do with marlene now that she's a firefly and all that she actually says to ellie i think it's one of the options you can pick uh you can ask riley a question and mm-hmm. you can ask about your mum, because obviously marlene and ellie's mum were close and we get the feeling we get a little bit of information the kind of pieced together that she was a nurse she was quite close to marlene and she left ellie in marlene's care after whatever happened to her Mm-hmm. Um, Google the letter if you haven't read it. It's really cool. It's in her backpack during the game. Um, obviously, it's not in the other games, so it's something that you can only really see if you play Left Behind. But it's a really nice piece of content. And it, and it
1: basically bridges that gap where you try and work out what the relation, what Ellie's relationship is to Marlene.
0: Yeah, exactly. So now we're back to Ellie and Riley in the mall. If the Halloween store didn't wet your appetite for an apocalyptic day of teenage loitering this section is the best it's where they go on the carousel they start telling really bad dad jokes they get some selfies in the photo booth and then they find the old school arcade so much happens and it's like absolutely amazing the bit that stuck out the most for me was the dad jokes
1: riley gives uh ellie a joke book, doesn't she yeah it's like a pun
0: heavy joke book fuck you you found another pun book what did the cannibal get when he showed up to the party late um, a cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> They're the kind of jokes that are so shit, but also brilliant.
1: I think the first time I played it, I maybe did like two or three. Mm. But I think because we were we were slightly hungover and we were like, <laughs> let's just have a break from uh, yeah, from yeah, zombies from for, zombie zombie a for a bit. We, we can do this. We can pre- we can press X or triangle yeah. and listen to a few jokes. Yeah. Just uh, keep the jokes going because they get cringier. In, a, in the funniest way.
0: I heard two peanuts walked into a park. One was assaulted. <laughs> oh, good one. Good one. I've actually got a few for you that I've prepared. Oh. Can, I, can I give them a whirl? <laughs> Go on. I went to the zoo the other day. There was uh, only one dog in it. It was a shit zoo. <laughs> two men walk into a bar. You'd have thought at least one of them would have ducked. <laughs> I went to my local video shop and said, could I borrow Batman forever? He said, no, you have to bring it back Tuesday. My grandfather has the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban from the local zoo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that's that's. There right. you go. I'll give you that. That,
1: that was a genuine. That was that, a genuine. That wasn't, yeah. uh, that wasn't a forced laugh. That was a genuine laugh.
0: I'd like to thank my hero, Bob Mortimer, um, because he is not only the funniest man on earth, but he has probably nicked all those jokes from somewhere else. Um, but he does them on his podcast and that's kind of how I've like gathered some really shit ones over the years. <laughs> that's enough. I'm putting this away. Till next time puns. Also, when they're hanging out in the mall, they do the car window smashing contest, don't they? Yeah. Which we totally won. even though we were hungover.
1: Well, you, you win a trophy for that, don't you? you do. like yeah, car window smasher of the year.
0: Brickmaster. Brickmaster. Brick, Brick fucking master! My car had tougher windows. Yeah, whatever, loser. What I loved about this whole section the most is that this is exactly what teenagers do. You go to the mall, it's a rite of passage, I mean, shopping centre, if you're a a UK person like we are, Um, but you hang out in shopping centres causing mischief, because when you're like 14, 15, 16, you've got naff all else to do. A lot of the time, you know, you might bunk off school, we're not encouraging that if you are at school listening.
1: I I never did that.
0: I mean, these days, you don't really have to bunk off school, do you? You're (laughs) probably off school for the foreseeable. I think it's a very clever way in the game of exploring the kind of childhood they should have had, had they lived before the infection. Like, what did you do in shopping centres as a kid?
1: The only shopping centre that we had in the Midlands was only built uh, or or, or rejuvenated when I was sort of in my late teens. So I used to hang out at a place called Oasis Market.
0: Oasis Market? That sounds tropical.
1: Yeah, it it is the worst name for the market. It is not an oasis. Unless you like sort of goth and emo fashion.
0: (laughs) Oh, is it one of those market stores where you've got those long uh, fingerless gloves with the stripes on? Exactly. Oh, and wristbands and metal belts.
1: (laughs) If if anybody listening is from Birmingham, uh, they would have, you know, and of a certain age. I don't know if it's still there. I genuinely don't know. Please tell me if it is or it isn't still there.
0: All we used to do is go to HMV and stare at CDs we couldn't afford. (laughs) Like literally, that was a kind of a, 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 if you said to someone, do you want to hang out? It was like, do you want to go stare at a CD you can't afford? And, and we, then you had you had
1: one mate who started looking in the pop section.
0: Yeah, and like, then you'd be like, what are what you about, doing, Dave? What about the new Five record? They no. rap a bit. No. No, Dave, you're not edgy enough to hang out with us, Dave. Go away. What's cool about the photo booth bit that they do is that you actually can upload that to your own Facebook. I thought that was pretty awesome. It's like an interactive thing where if you put your details in at the beginning, um, it steals all your data. Yeah, probably. I was going to say... <laughs> In
1: 2020 now, you're like,
0: uh, maybe not. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. What's a Facebook? Maybe it prints our faces in a book? But yeah, it's quite cool. It's cool that you can post because obviously you can change the poses. So when Ellie and um, uh, Riley are in the booth, you can actually change what faces and mm-hmm. what poses you're going to do, which I think is really cute. And yeah. obviously then you can customise it and put it online. I also
1: like that they gave you the the option to redo it completely again. Yes. Which is <laughs> so accurate. You're like, no.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God, what's wrong with my eyes? Oh no, my parting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You totally want Why to Why is my again.
1: forehead so big in that one?
0: Oh, it's all done. All right. Hey, there we are. (laughs) We look stupid. Stupidly awesome. The arcade! The arcade is such a clever bit. It's so amazing. And this is referenced in The Last of Us. We talked about it last uh, time in our last episode, how it's almost like a Mortal Kombat um, style game, isn't it? And there's a character called Angel Knives. Mm. Ellie has never played it. She's always dreamt of playing it. And when they find it, there's no juice in it. It's broken. So Riley describes to her how uh, the game is played and what buttons to press. And she just closes her eyes and it's all theater of the mind. Really reminds me of like modern day D&D. Your opponent. Black Fang
1: steps out of the temple. He's this super-ripped white dude with three arms. He's out for your blood. The music kicks up as he gets into his fighting stance. You ready? Bring it. Round one, fight. Round one starts. Black Fang rushes towards
0: you. He throws a double punch in your direction. Jump up. There, he overshot you. You land behind him. Quickly, punch him in the back. I thought it was amazing so clever yeah.
1: you really buy into it yourself don't you yeah with the way they do it with with the sound effects and just the way that riley reads out or, or acts out what happens is so immersive
0: and just as we're having the time of our lives riley drops a bombshell she's taking off again this time for good they've asked me to leave leave what boston i'm supposed to join a group in another city And this is, again, why I don't really like Riley or I'm not sure that I like Riley. She's problematic to me because she probably thinks that she's giving Ellie this really nice hurrah, like last hurrah in the shopping mall together. They're having a great time. It's a brilliant day and that will make her feel less guilty for leaving Ellie. But at the same time, she's never really listened to Ellie. And Ellie even says that. She says, like, Are we just done talking? I don't know. Are we?
1: You don't get to be pissed off at me. I'm pissed off at you. For what? Asking you what you think? When have you ever cared
0: about what I think? We were good. We were better than good, and then you told me to fuck off, and then you just up and vanish. This whole day, <sighs> uh, you feel guilty? You want an out? I- I'm-, I'm giving it to you and i do think she's quite selfish and she can be quite insensitive
1: i mean i've a little bit of a theory but tell me if you think i'm i'm wrong Ooh, go on then. where i think this whole uh, bit is a recruitment exercise for ellie really i don't know why <gasps> riley would have come back if it wasn't to try and get ellie to come with her ah. because marlene wants her as part of the fireflies
0: yes of course yeah, maybe there's an ulterior motive there.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I—that's what I—I I felt replaying it.
0: Yeah, this is where they kind of patch things up with a bit of a water pistol fight. Again, uh, this feels a little bit like Riley's kind of like smoothing over. The fact that she's damaged Ellie a little bit emotionally by taking off because she's yeah. kind of like, well, I know you're really pissed at me, but uh got some water pistols. She Woo! keeps showering
1: her with gifts, doesn't she? she? Does. The joke book and then the water pistols.
0: I think Ellie's right. I think she's just trying to give her like this perfect day. And mm. it, part of it is making amends, but maybe you're right. Part of it is kind of recruitment, mm. kind of grooming in a strange way. So after the water pistol fight, Riley successfully disarms Ellie's emotions yet again. And they decide to have a little boogie. And a snog! Woo! Yes! LGBTQ community rejoice. Breakthrough moment for video games and I think mm-hmm. it's done so well as well. It's proper adorable and dorky. It's not one of those overly sexualized kisses.
1: No. It's it, not Hollywood is it?
0: It's not. It's brilliant. Like it's so awkward and I love that about it.
1: And again she's... Sharing her with more gifts because the she brings her the mixtape doesn't she of
0: course yeah it's like she's trying everything to really really win ellie to reel her her in yeah but naturally with any noisy teenage disco comes a bunch of infected nutters of course of course boom we jump ahead in time again and ellie is now making her way back and there are hunters everywhere looking for her she's got the medical supplies And the nail polish. She's going to give Joel one hell of a pedicure. And this is that long fight sequence where we make our way back to try and find Joel. And lots of hunters have already kind of gathered around him and they're trying to get in.
1: They're trying to find you. They're
0: trying to find you because we've killed all these people. This is the beginning of creepy douchebag David's army. Ellie's fighting them all off just by herself. She's an absolute monster. If anyone's alive, don't even think about surprising me. You'll end up like your friends, you hear me?
1: You can uh, skillfully throw bricks and turn the infected onto the hunters
0: and then sit back and watch with your KFC oh, like it's we were a, doing it, yeah <laughs> chicken chicken wing in our hand like let's just throw a bottle down there and then that clicker is gonna go maul that guy let's watch
1: we just sat there for like five minutes we're like yep yeah, all right one's down two's down yeah two's down. oh they're all gone oh, there was cool. a moment
0: that was like Laurel and Hardy where this clicker was chasing uh he was chasing one of the hunters around and it was just going
1: round in circles weren't they
0: Oh, it was Us, so funny. Just with
1: KFC, just watching. I'm um, yep. yep. sticking oh, fries got, in my face. No, no, oh no, he's almost. Ah, uh, he's got him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's Victoria. She's taken out all these dudes again. She's such a bloody survivor. That's regardless a tough. Tull- that's Joel. a tough
1: bit, isn't it? Because you're you're trying to fight off the right people before they open the shutter and find Joel. It's tense AF.
0: So finally, we cut back to Riley and Ellie for the last time. And this is where I've just called it in my notes, the bitey-bitey. But I think you get get my drift. Bite gate. Bite gate. They're running from the infected that have turned up to crash their smooch session. And they so nearly escape. Well, Riley nearly escapes. Ellie attempts to scramble up this ledge and she falls. And naturally, Riley jumps down to get her. And the rest, as we know, is history. We see the very moment. This is quite an interesting bit because you know... You know this is where Ellie gets bitten because yep. she's told the story at the end of The Last of Us. And we see it. We see the moment that that infected human bites her. We see them sink their teeth into her wrist. And that's mm-hmm. it. History's made mm-hmm. at that very moment. Who knows what it is in her genes or in her brain that you know, makes the cordyceps virus mutate in such a way that makes her immune, but that is that's the rest is history. And then Riley bless her, she's bitten too on the hand. Right in that soft squishy bit between the thumb and the finger. That would hurt. Ellie reacts as you can imagine she'd react
1: (laughs) There's some more stuff over there you can break. She's a little bit upset.
0: She's a little bit pissed, yep. She she gets, uh, she gets her revenge on those pots. And uh, before you know it, they sit down and they kind of have that tender final moment. Riley, obviously we know is gonna die. We don't see it, but we know she's gonna turn. Mm-hmm. And she says that classic thing that Ellie actually herself says at the end of The Last of Us.
1: But we fight
0: for every second we get to spend with each other. Whether it's two minutes, or two days.
1: We don't give that up. I don't want to
0: give that up. My vote? Let's just wait it out. You know, we can...
1: be all poetic and just lose our minds together
0: and that's the end and thank you naughty dog for putting two pictures of dogs in the credits because that did make me feel a bit better so cheers <laughs> did you see them
1: it wasn't in memory of the dogs was it
0: I hope oh god oh no 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 I'm sad <laughs> oh it might not have been oh my god
1: I, th- I don't know if I watched it that was bit I sort of saw it saw a glimmer of
0: canine hope
1: I sort of saw it pop up and it was like grey and white photos of uh, dogs sorry black and white photos of dogs and I was like R.I.P.
0: fucking kick me while I'm down boy, oh boy, I am so excited to finish The Last of Us 2, especially now I'm done probing Earthlings in the anus. Gonna do a short outro because it's like a million degrees and I really fancy a magnum, so I'll just quickly say… Massive thanks to Neil Kuhn for our amazing artwork, Daniel Ansell for the spoiler alarm, and Matt Chapman of Muchest Music for our ear-tickling theme song. Another wee shout-out to Kieran Fuller for being my unofficial branding manager. If you want more content from us, follow us on Twitter at MyGameFiction and at MyGameFictionAddiction on Instagram. Feel free to let us know your recommendations for awesome game stories we should cover next. See you next time, guys!